Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day. This is the great Matt Geib, along with a great, great friend we've had here before on the Kingdom Corner Podcast, the great Apostle Tyler Frick from Alabama. And we're going to have him back in here today, and we're just going to go back and and see where we've come from. It's been 16 months ago that he was on the podcast. So we're just going to interview him a bit and talk about what he's doing ministry-wise and um, how that's all progressing now in the 16 months since we first talked. This We're going to be talking about the King's Company Kingdom Life Coaching School. And I have here, it started in the spring of 2020. And um, I put down here, Tyler, that you are an apostle. The last time I called you a pastor, I put down here, I think um, this is what comes to my heart. You're a trailblazer and a pathfinder in my mind. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I would definitely agree that I'm a pioneer of sorts. You know, the way that the Lord uses me is... You know, he speaks to me, gives me vision, gives me understanding, gives me strategy, not just for myself, but for other people. And so with those ideas and strategies, we take them and we work with the team at the King's Company to put together, you know, organize events or training or things we do in the school so that we can get some people equipped. And, you know, that that is what apostles do. They help people identify their gifts help people grow in their gifts and grow in what it is they've been called to do each individually. Um, And also equipping a team of pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and other apostles to come alongside those leaders and train them up, help them get equipped and help them get commissioned. And not just, you know, the equipping and sending out, but even walking people through those seasons of, of leading and ministering and, and doing the good works that they've been called to do by the Lord. Amen. I, I'm just uh, reviewing back in my mind. Um, it was the summer of 2018 that I met you, and you started to really um, teach and share a lot of things and, and build a community, and it's kind of progressed along the way and uh, taken various turns. Um, and is that the time, I'm trying to remember, is that the time where you, um, when you left the oil fields and you moved full-time into the ministry and it was a uh, kind of a step of faith was it not yeah absolutely we i stepped out in july of 2018 i was many years into oil and gas industry but you know at that point i was overseeing the production of oil wells in west texas and the lord was ready to begin pulling some oil out of some different kind of wells that being people and so yeah we made that jump uh july of 2018 started the king's company and you know, have been moving in that ever since. Wow. So I know we went over this, a li- some of these a little things a little bit before uh, 16 months ago, but I want to kind of try to transition into some new things here. Um, the last time we talked, and maybe you could expand this, how this, how you feel this is going. Um, we talked about, um, we w- you wanted your heart's intent. One of them was to show a new and better kingdom reality. Thus, we have the King's Company, 
uh, with the chess piece, a new and better reality uh, of Jesus, because, um, I, you know, I don't mean to sound negative, but I think the organized religious church has really misrepresented a lot of that. Yeah, I think, you know, and it's not, it's not a direct fault, per se, of every person who's in the church. But I would say that if you look at the Bible, the way that Jesus taught us to lead looks a lot different than the way people end up leading. And the systems that are in place right now in the majority of what we would call organized religion build and provide a system of leadership that allows and tolerates less than ideal practices, if you will. And I, you know, when I think about this in the word, there's a good rebuke from the Lord back in Ezekiel chapter 34. And he, he comes and he's actually, it's, it's against the shepherds of Israel, but he says, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel and say to them, thus says the Lord God, who uh, all shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves should not shepherds feed the sheep. He says, you eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you don't feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you've not bound up, the strayed you've not brought back, and the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. He said, my sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. And, you know, when I read that, I can't help but get this picture of what it looks like right now in the church. You know, even just in, in 2021, I probably spoke to somewhere around 500 or more people one-on-one -on, -one on the phone, you know, meeting new people around the nation who feel called to leadership. And I tend to ask a question. And I, the question I ask is, do you go to a local church? Are you a part of a local church? And many of them say yes, which is great. The local church is a good thing. And I say, okay, great. Who's your pastor? And they'll say, oh, my pastor's brother so-and-so. And I'll say, okay, awesome. Uh, when is the last time brother so-and-so has called you on the phone to have a personal conversation about you and your family, the things going on in your life, maybe to help you work through different struggles you're having, or even to help develop you in, in gifts and things that you're pursuing, you know, to walk in success. And the sad truth is that 90% or more of the people I talk to tell me they've never talked one-on-one -on -one with their pastor. They've never had a relationship, a personal relationship with the person that they claim is their shepherd. And I really have no other response but to ask them, what makes that person your shepherd? And I think that what people are so used to is they're used to being taught on a weekly basis by somebody who is more in the role of a teacher than they are in the role of a shepherd, where, you know, a shepherd's going to be close with the sheep. They're going to pick the ticks off the sheep, right? And when that doesn't happen, when there's not that close relationship, then it brings us back to what we were reading here in the Word. There's also another understanding there in Jeremiah 23. Right at the beginning of Jeremiah 23, it's a similar rebuke, and he says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. 
Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my sheep, you have scattered my flock. You have driven them away and you have not attended to them. Mm -hmm. But then later on in Jeremiah, same chapter, 23, it goes down and it says uh, right here in verse three, then I will gather a remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them. I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the time by which we will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Now, we know hermeneutically that these scriptures are referring to the nation of Israel. But at the same time, there's there's a prophetic typology here that we see with modern day church. We know that, you know, the, the mystery of the gospel is that the gospel is available. The king is available. Salvation is available, not just to Israel, but also to the nations. And so when I read these verses and I think about the state of the world right now, the state of the church, the fact that, you know, the church is made up of both Jews and Gentiles. I've got to realize that if the church is everywhere and the Gentiles have access to, they need shepherds as well. And if I look at how God responded to an, an absence of intentional shepherding, I'm going to I'm going to really recognize, hey, we've got a responsibility with people. It's not just that people need to be saved and healed and delivered. And then we just hope for the best until Jesus comes back and people go to heaven or you know, that that's the typical message people say. But really, there is a critical mandatory responsibility for those who would call themselves kingdom minded leaders to be intentional about shepherding the sheep. And I think when we don't shepherd the sheep, it's a problem. People might ask, what does shepherding the sheep look like? Well, it looks like having in one on one conversations, group conversations. It, it's about praying with each other. It's about helping each other work through warfare because spiritual warfare is ramping up and it's going to continue to ramp up as the day draws near. And if people don't have a source of inspiration and life to go to, and yes, we have the word. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit. But if if all we needed was the word and the Holy Spirit, God wouldn't have given the fivefold to the church. He wouldn't have set his people into motion as leaders and anointed them for good works. In fact, I think if we, you know, it's kind of funny to think about, but if we don't, if we don't need community and if we don't need unity and shepherding, then why don't, what's the difference of just having evangelists and assassins? <laughs> you know, you get, get people saved and then boom, they're there, right? But that's not what people need. People need to be healed, saved and delivered, to come to a knowledge of Christ and then to be able to walk out and experience healthy community with leaders who actually care about their life, their development, and beyond. Wow, so much that you said there, and uh, so many thoughts run through my head. Um, I just feel like for me, and I, I don't want to 
spend the whole time here talking about what we went over before. I want to get into what we're doing today, what's happened. But for me, I felt like the Lord would have me align myself with the King's Company community at the time, oh, three and a half years ago with you. And so many things have happened. There's different people. Like I've taught in the church for years. You know that I've been a teacher. That was That's my main calling, I believe. And I, um, I've even pastored a little bit. But when I came into this community, it's like something changed for me. And it's like you're saying, we begin to learn how to use the gifts we have that maybe we've been frustrated in. I put down here, learning from a mentor, because uh, I read this years ago, can save you years and years of time and frustration when you learn from, a, a, I'd say, from a godly mentor like you. Um, um, and it almost seems like you're, you're advanced into a place almost, it's, it's not overnight, but it almost seems overnight because a lot of people out there in the church you know, like me, leadership material have um, spun their wheels for years and years. And I feel like the King's Company School and training uh, has given us, um, has taken that away, has given us that mentorship that we need uh, with various coaches. And I, I know uh, in the beginning, I think we started out and we were coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, and now that's changed a bit. I want you to just kind of for us... Um, Take us on a journey where where you started briefly and then where we're at today. And I want to get into this new thing that's coming up next week, uh, the Scribe Camp, and I want you to talk about that. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, and I don't want to start from the end there, but the scribal aspect of it is is really where it all started because even when I was in the oil field and, and working that job, the Lord was speaking to me. He was teaching to me. We held um, groups in our home. Some would call that home church or small group. We would hold those groups in our home, and the Holy Spirit would just reveal to me things out of his word that he wanted the people to know, and we, I would teach. And then he moved on into having me write a book, so I wrote a first book. And in that book, what you know, even as I wrote it, it wasn't that I had gone through a Bible school or went and got a degree or went through seminary or anything like that. It was that I had spent intentional time in the word and intentional time in conversation with God through the spirit to understand what it was, not only that he had for the people around me, but what he had for me. And so as I wrote that book, it wasn't that he had me writing the book to myself. He had me writing it for other other believers and other leaders to learn from. And so I wrote the book and then I began to share, you know, the, those teachings with people around me. And there was a, there was a shift that happened in my heart. And I began to see that, you know, God has called me to be a teacher. And so once I realized that there was an opportunity for me to create an online course and kind of go that route, I knew that I could teach in person, but I didn't, quite know what it looked like to build out online courses. I just knew that I was called to teach. And so I started with a first course and I asked God, what is, what is it you want me to teach? And he said, I want you to teach what you know, like the back of your hand, which ended up being the mind traffic masterclass. And so that's kind of where things started. I taught that course. You, you were in that first course that I taught, you know, came and was a student in there. 
along with others. And I saw the fruit that began to be birthed in people's lives as they took the, the wisdom and the knowledge that God had given me and began to apply it in their lives. We began to see people healed, delivered, set free from different mental illnesses, people even coming off medications and things. And I thought, you know, what if I would have never taught the course? We wouldn't have seen the results. So now that I taught this one, you know, it wasn't that, okay, I poured everything out. I still had more in me. And I knew that I wanted to teach people about spiritual gifts. So we went on to that, taught on gifts. From there, we went on and, and you know, began to teach on worship, began to teach on what it looks like to step into your calling and begin to create things. We, you know, began to teach on prophetic ministry and deliverance ministry. And all of a sudden, before you knew it, and I think it was only about a year and a half, we had so much material, so much training material that it was time to put those things together into, into one longer school experience to allow people to walk through those processes rather than just doing it one course at a time, but to bring people into a full, a full program where they get to go through each piece one by one alongside a community that, you know, is growing together, learning together, and also that has access to the teachers and the trainers, which at the time, a lot of times that was me. But it was in May. No, it wasn't May. It was in March of 2020. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says, Tyler, do you do you recognize that the education system is failing people, you know, just in general? And I said, yes. And then he asked me a question. He said, are you going to do it the same way? And that hit me pretty hard. And I had to begin to think about, you know, what is what does it look like for me to not create a school that follows an educational system that leaves people, you know, at some form of a deficit that I'd seen happening in others. You know, if we look at just public school systems, it would be nice if the children had more intentional teaching. But even outside of the studies themselves, it would be nice if, if the kids could actually work through things that are happening in their life, you know, have conversations with teachers about you know, their heart, their mindset, all of those things. And so I took it to the team and, you know, we began to talk about what would it look like to do things differently? And coaching became the conversation. It wasn't just that we had material to teach. It was that we had people around who had already taken those courses, who understood the revelations and and the material and would be able to actually walk people through those courses while also meeting with them, either one-on-one or in a group setting. So at first we started one-on-one and any person who came into the school got assigned a one-on-one coach. That means that while they were learning, they were also able to have conversations and be discipled by another person who, you know, didn't just see them as another number, but as a person who God has called to himself. And as that grew, as more people came into the school, we, you know, would add more clients to each coach and that's they go through the school they would be coached but in 2021 you know we were able to teach i think we brought something like 5500 people into uh, a five-fold training that led to us bringing on somewhere around 165 students into the school and i thought you know wouldn't it be nice if instead of one-on-one we were able to put people into groups 
kind of like Jesus and his 12 to where they were able to walk through a season of training, a season of education, but also receive discipleship and coaching and mentoring from a coach who had already been through the material. And, you know, because those coaches had been through the material, that's how they became kingdom life coaches certified through, through the King's company. It gave us an opportunity to say, okay, let's take more people through the program, through the school, but let's coach them. Let's be intentional. And so now, you know, over this last six, seven months, we've we've been able to take those people in their groups through the school. And I think right now we have somewhere around 15 groups of kingdom minded leaders. No group has more than 10 people in it. And every group has a coach who pays attention to them, you know, answers their questions, helps them grow. And as people are going through the, the ups and downs of life that we just have to face, they get to experience having people around them that can help walk them and their families through trials and troubles and tribulations, but also through success and development and growth. And so that's kind of led us to where we're at today. And, you know, when we came into 2022, I knew that there was a another opportunity for us to go and reach more people, uh, to bring more people into the school. But we wanted to also share another aspect of this because what we noticed is that as we taught people and as people got equipped, they began to write books. They began to create courses. They began to host podcasts. They began to teach people in person or online, or they began to coach people one-on-one or in groups. And so there's there's something happening where, you know, almost like what we read there in Jeremiah, that the Lord is bringing to himself, calling back to himself a remnant. And he said, I will set shepherds over the people who will care for them. And I see this opportunity to take people who are willing to walk in obedience and also willing to sacrifice their own wants, their own needs, their own time to pour into other people. And I said, well, why can't we take what I've walked through as a leader and not recreate it the exact same way, but provide answers to show other people how they can begin to lead other people in these ways as well. And so that's kind of what led us over to the Scribe Camp, which is coming up here on the 2nd of February. And the Scribe Camp really talks about people who know that they're called of the Lord to do something great. They have a heart for people and they know that they've been researching and studying. They've gone into the depths. They've gone into the, you know, into the throne room to discover things about the Lord and about the word and about life that others need to know, that others can benefit from. And the scribe camp really helps people to see that, you know, we have a prime opportunity right now to take what it is we've been studying and learning and um, being discipled in ourselves and turn around and begin to teach other people what it is we've learned. You mentioned earlier that a mentor can help you to not say stuck, number one, but also to help people bypass a lot of hurts and hangups that then don't necessarily have to because somebody's already walked through that and can teach them how to avoid it. Or maybe somebody's already walked through a season of advancement and can teach people how to fast track that. And so the scribe camp is an opportunity for people to find permission from the Lord to begin to be creative, to begin to teach, to begin to write, to begin to coach, to begin to see that there is an opportunity here to reposition 
ourselves in a way that we can lead and influence other people, but not necessarily through the traditional systems that people have followed for years and years in an effort to become a part of some church clergy, right? It seems that in the past, you know, one of the easiest ways for people to begin leading other people is they would go to a school or go to a seminary, get an education, and then take up a role as a clergy member of some sort in in a church. And although that can be good, we can see by looking at the churches that, you know, most of them are empty and most of them are financially struggling. And it wasn't, it's not that way because COVID hit. The reality is the churches were empty before COVID hit and the churches were financially struggling before COVID hit. So why would it be intelligent for somebody to feel that they're called to lead people and then to put themselves into a training scenario that results in them having an empty building when it should be full and having a, an empty bank account when they shouldn't have to struggle in those ways as leaders. And, you know, maybe those things aren't important to everybody, but I think that, you know, the Bible is pretty clear when it talks about we have the power to create wealth, that there is a transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous. And I just can't look at the, the way that religion tends to operate and say, you know, that looks like something God wants to bless, or that looks like something that God wants to anoint. And I just don't see those, those things happening through broken systems. And so what if there's a different way to begin leading people with new perspective? What if there's a different way to begin leading people that doesn't require jumping through a whole set of loops and, and hoops that aren't really necessary when we already have the word, we already have the spirit, and he's already anointed us for good works. I think what we really need is a community that's willing to run with us so that we have the accountability, we have the oversight, we have the covering, and we can begin to step into, instead of a once a week experience of operating in ministry, it's a moment to moment experience. It's a day-to-day -day lifestyle where we're, we're leading together, we're growing together, we're learning together, we're finding and reaching new people, equipping them, discipling them. And it's not that anyone's arrived at a place that, that says, okay, now I'm holy and, and full of wisdom and knowledge, so I don't need to learn anymore. That's not it at all. It's, it's that we actually are a part of a community that is willing to continue to learn and continue to advance, but also be creative in the ways that we reach and lead people in the process. So it, it, it's kind of a wild perspective, but it's a pretty fruitful. That's so good. I think what you're saying, one of the things you're saying is, one, I'm going to say about you that you are a leader of leaders. God's called you to call in the leaders that are out there, the frustrated leaders. Some people know that they're called for leadership. Uh, some people that have come into the school may not realize that. And you're raising up leaders, and a good leader, I always said, has to be willing to follow first before he can lead. Um, and a leader also, I think um, what we're saying here is this is going to break the mold, and I love it, of the traditional church. Um, usually on a Sunday, 2 to 3% of the 
leaders are doing the leading and everybody else is sitting back passively. And the model that we're seeing in the King's Company is we're raising up leaders that everybody can lead in their own way, that everybody has a gift to, to contribute to the church and the building of the living temple of God. And that is um, what we're doing. And uh, I know I, that's so unlike what is out there in the church today. And uh, I'm just so excited about what I've been able to see. And I've been in uh, teaching in the church for over 40, 50 years, but I felt like I have a whole new perspective on this. If I don't if I can't go into a church or my old church and teach every Sunday, that's all right. Like you said, here's this podcast I have here, The Kingdom Corner, was birthed out of my relationship with you. Um, it's so exciting to know these things are happening, um, and I'm so excited for what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I think if we're going to be honest, we've got to admit that most of the traditions that don't line up with the character and nature of how God commissioned his church. They came from a long time ago. In fact, you can see it. It was prophesied in Daniel. Daniel, there's a, there's a vision or a dream. If I remember correctly, there's a statue and the statue is made up of different metals and it, you know, it's got different metals and different content that represents different nations like Medio Persia, Babylon, et cetera, all the way down to the 10 toes. And it says there were 10 toes of iron and baked clay. And out of one of those 10 toes would come forth something that, you know, people talk about the Antichrist, right? Well, if you look at the dream and you look at the numbers and you do the math on the time, time and a half and all those things from the time that what is revealed in that vision took place, you'll find out that there's a, there's a, a specific year that something took place. If you do the math, you'll find that it points to 431 AD. And in 431 AD, the Catholic Church comes out and puts in to play the papacy, right? And so they have this, this pope and it starts. And right about that time, you've got a release in the church of systems that begin to change the way we move, not only in the spirit, but in operation as church leaders. And over time, you know, the way that that church operated and kind of stepped in the role of being Christ, it began to shift people's perspectives from rather than going straight to God, rather than following what it says in 1 John 2, 27, people began to look to church leaders as a mediator between God and man. And we know that that's wrong, because in first, it's either first or second Timothy two five. It says there's one mediator between God and man, and it's Christ Jesus. But there was a a shift that happened, you know, during that time, and it progressed for hundreds of years, where people began to think, well, if I'm going to be able to get to God and hear from God and understand the things of God, I'm going to have to go through a man to find that, and of course, that's been that's been expressed in different ways all the way down. You know, we had Martin Luther stamps his 99 thesis to the door and broke off and built the Protestant church and things began that way. And from there, we broke those things down into denominations. And even across America right now, you've got thousands of denominations 
who would say, we understand the right thing to do. And if you want to access God the right way, you've got to understand these protocols and principles, live by them, submit yourself to the way we're leading, and then you'll have access. And it's a bunch of hogwash to really just say it bluntly. It's unnecessary when the truth is we can reach people with the gospel that has never changed. We can begin to hear from the Holy Spirit ourselves with people that come into the faith with us. And we can begin to understand the things freely given to us by God. In fact, the Bible says that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. It says that through the church that would happen. And it doesn't just mean through the clergy who have been certified and qualified by man's standards to release that content. It's not really what it means. It means that through the church operating and doing what it is we've been called to do day in and day out, we would be able to hear from heaven. It says, if you lack wisdom, let if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask the father. And if we would just begin to do that, we would find out that living a faithful life in relationship with God that is influential and you know makes significant impact on the world, it's simple. Jesus said the kingdom of God is so simple a child could understand it. And I bring up that concept because one of my favorite verses right now in the word is Matthew 13, 52. And I would encourage to look at this in the ESV, the English Standard Version, because there's a lot of you know, other translations that don't position this, <laughs> this verse correctly. But in Matthew 13, 52, it says, Every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a house who brings out of his treasure things new and things old. And there's a lot there. But if you look at the context of where that verse actually sits in the word, it's after Jesus tells parables. He's presenting the kingdom of God, the, the understanding of the kingdom, the mindset of the kingdom in a new way to people who for years had been following a strict law of the Torah. And Jesus being a rabbi, uh, who I believe was a shmicha rabbi, would be one who can interpret scripture in a new way. You know, a, a rabbi with shmiha would be one that would say, you've heard it said, but I say unto you and present a new concept for people to see something in a new light. And when he told the parables, that's what he was doing. He was revealing the understanding and even protocols and things like that of the kingdom of heaven rather than the understanding just only of the law. And when he gets done telling these parables, which to some would say they're allegorical or metaphorical. But when when he gets done presenting these parables, he asks them in Matthew 13, 51, he says, have you understood all of these things? And they said to him, yes. Now, what was it that they understood? They understood a spiritual concept that he was presenting in the form of parables. They understood a new way of thinking in the kingdom of heaven that gave light to and fulfillment to understandings from the law and the prophets. And so they understood these things. And then he said, therefore, because you've understood these things that I've told you, therefore, 
every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven. And notice it doesn't say every scribe who's been trained in the law. It says every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a house, not the servant in the field, not the slave, but the master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And when you look at that new and old, there are plenty of things we can find that have been passed down from you know generation to generation all the way from the time of Christ that are good and solid and theologically accurate that we need to understand and we need to follow. You know, there's elementary doctrines, elementary principles, elementary protocols that every believer should understand and live by and know, you know, the things like prayer, worship, things like spiritual authority before it gets out of hand, right? Um, but those are some of those things. Oh, what does it mean when it talks about brings out of his treasure what is new? I believe that, you know, the Bible's clear. It says that there's no new thing under the sun, but there also weren't jet planes flying around in the 1500s. So what is what what do we do with that? What we can understand is that though there is no new thing under the sun, there are always going to be new creative expressions of what we have. You know, an airplane's just a mountain that's been refined into metals and technologies and put together, and now it's flying around in the sky. But really, it's just a mountain. It's just some rocks that that were creatively designed to do something new. And I think about back when the tabernacle and the temple or, or the tabernacle at first in the wilderness with, with the Israelites, how it was formed, it says that Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God for creativity, for artistic design, for stone cutting, for all these things. And so it was almost as if the Spirit of God intended to fill a man to understand how to take materials and use technology like cutting tools and things of that nature to build something that would result in the glory of God being manifest on the earth for the people to benefit from. And it moved forward, you know, from, from those things to then later you have, you know, scribes with pens and quills taking and putting a creative expression on a material like a scroll or a stone that people could benefit from. And now today we have computers, we've got microphones, we've got cameras, we've got all these things that, again, are just materials that have been creatively combined to develop a new expression or a new way of expressing and sharing things. And I can go live on my Facebook right now and somebody from the other side of the world can watch it in real time. Maybe a little bit of latency. But what does that mean for us? It means that because we understand the things of the kingdom, we have an opportunity. We can be like the master of a house who brings out of our treasure things new and things old. Well, what do I treasure? I treasure wisdom. I treasure understanding. I treasure counsel. I treasure the power of God. I treasure the gospel. I treasure the things that are not of this world. You know, the Bible says, don't lay up for yourself treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but rather treasures up in heaven. And when I think about what kind of treasure can I lay up in heaven, it's things like that. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, you know, more more thorough understanding and revelation of the ways of God, the will of God. And when we can compile those things in our heart and then reveal them to other people, 
I guarantee you other people will benefit from them. That's why Proverbs tells us, go out and buy wisdom. In all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What is it that we want? Even Solomon was smart enough to know that he could ask for anything and he asked for wisdom. So today we have an opportunity and that opportunity is to begin to seek God out to discover not only who we are and what our identity is, but then beyond, once we've got that revelation of who he's created us to be, we got to ask the question, Lord, what good works have you created for me to walk out? And we could say, oh, well, let's just preach the gospel. Okay, great. But how? Would you like me to write the gospel? Would you like me to talk about the gospel on video? Would you like me to go into the streets and meet new people and share the gospel with them? And maybe we can ask a new question. How can we creatively express the gospel with the technologies and the new resources and tools we have in our hands in ways that allow us to reach more people faster and not just reach them, but disciple them? Wouldn't it be a shame if I was able to lead a million people to the Lord, but none of them got shepherded? Wouldn't it be a shame if I was able to present the gospel to millions of believe, millions of people who became believers, and then once they got saved, they didn't know what to do next? And here they are, healed, saved, and delivered. But Jesus, in John chapter 8, he did all those things. He taught in the synagogue. He healed all the sick. He cast out all the demons. And he preached the kingdom of heaven. And then he turns as they're leaving and he points back at the healed, saved, delivered and trained up people in that region. And he said they are weak and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the field. And I'm glad somebody prayed that God would get my attention and turn me into a shepherd and send me into the fields because now I have an opportunity to go find those, whether they're unbelievers or whether they're believers who are weak and helpless, sheep without a shepherd. And I can make the choice to be intentional about discipling people, not just telling them about something, but rubbing shoulders with them, doing life with them, helping people to, to advance in a season of intentional development so that they can go and do the same things. Wow. So well said. Well, let's bring this home. I was just thinking about um, what you're saying again. And I just, the last time we talked, uh, 16 months ago, we talked about how there was such a divide and a gulf between the church organized the way it is today and really knowing Jesus in a vital relationship. And with the King's Company uh, group and school, to me, I've seen that divide it's it's narrowing now there's a some place for people where they can go and they can find these things in community and along with the word of god through the coaching and teaching that's that you provided and, and i'm so glad that god has given you that intentionality i guess is the way we'd say it um and people are coming alive in this community. As of today, when I looked over everything, there's about 160 students. You have about 10 coaches that um, 
work with those students, sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, and like you said, in weekly meetings or bi-weekly meetings. And then there's two or three others that have joined with us as well in leadership, but they're out in the marketplace in business, developing business. Um, so I'm very excited about what you've done, Tyler, and to be a part of it myself. And so in closing, what would you, I want you to get real specific, tell the people, you know, what they need to do if they want to become part of this scribe camp that's coming up. I think it's the first week of February, you said, and then, uh, you know, further information about the school, if you would, please. Sure. Yeah. And I, I just want to make one point before I do that. And it's this, it's that I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without a team of people. You know, God never intended for us to run alone. He never intended for us to build things by ourselves. And the last thing I would want is for people to say, look what Tyler did without recognizing people like you, Matt, people like our other coaches, other pastors, prophets, and evangelists that are, that are a part of the team. Because without the team, I wouldn't be able to do it. In the same way that when, when Jesus commissioned his disciples, he didn't say, Okay, now each of you go in your own direction by yourself and hope for the best. No, he sent he sent them out together and they were able to accomplish a lot together. So if you if you end up if you're a listener and you, you say, man, I really want to go build something. Make sure that the vision that you're following is not a vision where you can look 10 years from now and you're still the only one there. That you and the people that you're reaching and leading, make sure you take a team with you because that's that's what the kingdom looks like. Now, when it comes to getting enrolled or, you know, whether it be in the scribe camp or the school, one of the fastest ways to get connected will probably be just to connect with me there on Facebook. Um, you can go to facebook.com slash tyler.frick.16, I believe, um, or just look me up, Tyler Frick, on Facebook, and you'll find some posts, recent posts from me that have links to the scribe camp, links to the school. You can also follow us on uh, Facebook on the business page, which is the King's Company. So I'd encourage you to go follow us there. Um, and if you can remember a long URL, what you would want to go to is tkc-kingdomlifecoaching.com forward slash scribe dash camp. So I'll give you that again. It's tkc-kingdomlifecoaching dot com forward slash scribe dash camp and that's going to get you over to the scribe camp where you can check it out decide if you want to dive into that with us and then like i say if you follow us on social you'll see not only what we're doing in this season but you'll be able to keep track as we move forward and go into the next things that the lord has for us as we continually create and advance and just find new ways to reach and equip believers Amen. So, Tyler, what we'll do is if if uh, you will be so kind as to just send those things to me in Messenger, those uh, links, I will put them in the show notes. And now, having said that, I think we'll call it another episode for today, the Kingdom Corner podcast with the great apostle Tyler Frick, um, who has uh, been called in this time and season, uh, I believe, uh, to raise up leaders. So we would be excited if you would um, join us, if you would become a part of our community. So thank you very much, Tyler, for joining us today and, and sharing what you've shared with us.
Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of The Kingdom Corner.